Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. This is episode 98 of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and in this show, I'll share with you what a budget could do for your summer stress and how to make one. Well, hello there, beautiful teachers, and welcome to the end of May, if you're listening to this as it goes out. We're about to hit June. And this is when, for many teachers, summer stress and the summer blues start to kick in. Because for many and many of us, this is a time of the year when we don't make as much money. It's as simple as that. Not every family wants to take lessons during the summer. And we may not want to get into the alternative income streams that we could put in place during the summer. So you could try just to not reduce your income, and that's absolutely one option at this time of year. You could put on summer camps, you could do workshops, you could do extra lessons. Maybe people in your area are just as interested in lessons in the summer as they are during the academic year. Or you could split up your tuition into year-round tuition, allowing for a summer break. So you charge the same amount every month for 12 months, but you actually don't work during some of those months or a few weeks of those months or whatever. I think that last one is a harder sell when you have a full two months off from school, like you do here, and therefore off from regularly scheduled lessons. Now, you could do one of those first options, absolutely. And if those sound more appealing to you, I think you should go with that. But you have another option, and it might not have occurred to you. It's not particularly sexy and exciting. It's called budgeting. This is what you need to do if you want to take the summer break. And it is absolutely fine if that's what you want to do. If you want two months off every summer to just, you know, lie on the grass or to hang out with your own kids, or to go traveling, you're entitled to that, that's fine, you can do it. But you have to budget for it. As a self-employed person, we have to consider these things as if we were a company employing someone else, even if we're not officially structured that way. This is what other businesses do. They have employees, and they have to give them holiday pay. Depends on where you are in the world, how much they have to give them, but they have to at least give their employees, some holidays, in most countries at least. So how do they do that? How do they allow for their employees to not be there and to still be paid? They budget for it. That's essentially what they're doing. 
We can do this, even in a much simpler way. But you can't just go ahead spending exactly what you want every month all year and ignoring your money, because then in the summer things will go mm, a bit stressy, won't they? So, it's no different just because you're a one-person show. You still can allow yourself holidays if that's the way you want to go. But you need a budget. So let me show you how to make one. Now, before I get into this, if you prefer this written down or you want to use that in addition to this podcast, we have a two-part article about this budgeting process, which you can find linked to on the show notes page for this episode. So if you go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash 98, you'll find the show notes for this episode. And we link there to the two articles for you, nice and handy, all written out for you. But if you prefer to listen, go ahead with me and we'll talk about this process. The first step to creating your budget for your studio for a new year, and I recommend everyone does this no matter where you stand on the summer front actually, the first step is to look at last year. Look at where you were because you can't know where you will be if you don't look at where you were. So start with last year's income and write that all down on a sheet. Now, this could be a physical sheet of paper if you like, or just an Excel spreadsheet or Google sheet, whatever suits you. So write down all of last year's income for each month. Do your research, take the time to look up the numbers if you don't know them or can't pull them up offhand. These should include all of your income. For most of us, that's just things like lessons, camps, workshops. But if you have any other income streams, include them there too. Then put in last year's expenses. This generally takes a bit longer. But you should know your expenses, not just for tax purposes, right? A tax document should not be the only reason you look at your figures. They don't have to be scary if you look at them regularly. So let's dive in. You're going to want to write down all the money you spent last year on books, your bills, stationery you might have bought, apps you bought for your studio, equipment, subscriptions like your VMT subscription or My Music Staff or anything else you need to run your studio, courses you may have bought for your own professional development, printing, ink cartridges, if you have to buy a new printer, if you have to buy paper, all of that kind of stuff. And if you do outsource any of the jobs in your studio, then write in your assistance outlays as well. As well. So if you use a VA or anything like that, of course, write that in here. That's a subject for a whole other episode if that's something you want to get into. So I recommend breaking this down month by month for both the income and the expenses because you can actually see trends much more easily that way. And our studios really, they do run seasonally. and on a month-by-month basis, they'll vary quite a lot. For instance, if you offer the option to pay by term or by semester, then September might have a much higher level of income, so you need to budget for that. Or if you have a recital and you have to pay for the whole hire and all that stuff in May, then May is going to have a lower profit level, right? So make sure to itemize it out so you can see things grouped together on a month-by-month basis. That's where you were. Now, let's look at where you're going to be. Create a new sheet. You can base it on that one. Actually, we have templates for this in the blog post that we're linking to, so you can use those if you like. So you create a new blank sheet 
And then first thing you're going to do is copy across all the items from last year that you cannot change and just round them out. So if you spent $98 in September on new books, I think that'd be quite low for September for me. But anyway, if that's what you spent and you write down 100 in your new sheet for September for books, because you need the books, right? You couldn't do anything about that. Or maybe you spent an astronomical amount of books that you didn't actually end up using, and that is somewhere where it's a variable expense and it's not, you know, black and white like that. You don't have to write it in. But the first thing to write in is all those things you can't change. So your bills, for example, your rent, if you have it, any non-negotiables. Then you're going to look at the rest of the things and see where you can trim stuff that just isn't important that you didn't end up using, that wasn't necessary, that doesn't matter to the success of your studio. So trim those down to the minimum amount that you could spend in those areas. And then you need to estimate the income. So you can base this off last year's figures, but you might be doing things like raising your rates. You might think you're going to fill your studio with a few more spots. Maybe you're going to reduce your student numbers. So you'll be able to estimate fairly closely what you would probably make in each month. So write those figures in there and then look at your estimated profit. Is it enough? Are you happy with it? If not, there are things you can do. So don't just accept it. We're doing this in advance so that you can change things. So are there any other expenses you could cut? Do you need to take on a new income stream? Are you going to start publishing your own books or giving lessons online during the day or bring in group classes using many musicians? Should you raise your rates? I would venture to say if you're not raising them at all, the answer is yes. But if you are raising them a little, maybe you need to raise them more. Maybe your market will bear that. You have to look at all sides of that issue. And then could you consider a more profitable lesson format? If you can't raise your rate, maybe you can find a way to do buddy lessons or partner lessons or group lessons that can maximize your profit further. And then if you do want to take two months off during the summer, make sure you're allowing for that. So don't just count it as being over the 10 months. If you're going to make money over 10 months and it has to last you 12, even it out here and make sure you're still happy with that income. And that is the amount you should be taking out of your account each month and putting into your own personal account. So take it from your business account, pay yourself a salary. Even if you're just a one-person show, you can still be paying yourself a salary and sticking within that and therefore taking the whole of the summer off to relax in glorious sunshine or to go to the other hemisphere and ski. I don't know. Whatever floats your boat, You should be able to do that if you want to during the summer. So you can see the blog post for more info on this. If you go to the show notes, that's the easiest. We'll link from there. Go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash 98 and we'll put in the relevant links there. I hope you'll consider trying a budget in your studio, especially at this time of year. I prefer to do my budgets from September to August rather than the calendar year because it's just more relevant to us as teachers so this is the perfect time of year to get going on it and i hope you'll give it a shot any questions just leave them in the comments on our show notes page talk to you next week there's still time to book your ticket to the music teacher turbo boost 
This is going to be a two-day seminar with creative and innovative teachers in Dublin in Ireland on August 27th and 28th. So if you can make it over here at the end of August, we would love to see you there. Go to teacherturboboost.com to book your ticket today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.